Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about Lindo Bacon, the supposed scientist who actually claims that being obese is not bad for your health. I just, I knew it was only a matter of time before these woke crazies infested the STEM fields. And by the way, if you see that my hands are slightly stained green, I don't know how much it shows up on camera, but it's actually because I was spray painting earlier on today and not in a graffiti type way, but more in a furniture makeover type of way, and apparently I'm very messy at it, and uh, it didn't wash off, so here we are. But anyway, recently on social media, I noticed that a number of progressive accounts that I follow were all promoting the same upcoming book, Radical Belonging. And Matt McGorry, who in case you didn't know, is this actor and just insufferable social justice activist, he described the book as an expansive guide to the impacts of living in an oppressed world. This book offers an antidote to mainstream bootstrapping self-help cultures and illuminates real solutions for how we can thrive while pushing to create a world world where social justice is present for everyone. To me, that makes it sound like radical belonging is just your typical wishy-washy, emotional SJW type of BS self-help, which I'm really not interested in. And actually, if you aren't either and you're, you're trying to turn away from that type of thinking, I actually recommend you check out the book by Ali Stuckey, You're Not Enough and That's Okay. It's amazing, cannot recommend it enough. But while the book itself didn't interest me, the author of the book, Lindo Bacon, PhD, did. Lindo Bacon describes herself as both a scientist and health at every size activist. And considering that the health at every size movement are kind of the people who are pushing the idea that fat is not bad for your health, I mean, predictably, there are not that many scientists among them. But on paper, at least, Lindo Bacon has a ton of credentials. According to her website, quote, Bacon earned their PhD in physiology from the University of California, where they currently serve as an associate nutritionist. They also hold graduate degrees in psychology and exercise metabolism. Dr. Bacon formerly taught at City College of San Francisco in the health education, psychology, women's studies, and biology departments. A professor and researcher for almost two decades, Dr. Bacon has taught courses in social justice, health, weight, and nutrition. They have also conducted federally funded studies on health and weight and published in top scientific journals. Their research has been supported by grants from the United States Department of Agriculture and the National Institute of Health. Now, when I first read all that, my thinking was this is clearly someone who has a firm grasp on science and specifically biology, the human body, but is also really interested in social justice, as is also evidenced by the fact that they use they them pronouns. And uh, she also changed her name from Linda to Lindo, I'm guessing to be more more gender neutral. I wanted to look into Lindo's work because I was hoping that maybe due to her scientific background, she would have a different, more grounded, more realistic approach to the idea of health at every size. One that instead of trying to argue that being obese is perfectly fine for your health, instead pushes the ideas that lifestyle changes are better than crash dieting. And also that no matter what your size is, you should be encouraged to make healthy decisions and shouldn't base your self-worth on what a scale says. That's what I had thought health at every size would look like coming from an actual scientist, but oh boy, was I wrong. So now I would like us to go through some of the videos that I found on Lindo's YouTube, and oh boy, are they a treasure trove of misinformation. Let me briefly walk you through the weight health minefield. Right now, 
that minefield is littered with two treacherous assumptions. One is that fat kills. The second is that being fat will make you sick. To write my dissertation, I had to review the evidence that obesity increases mortality. And guess what? I couldn't find it. In fact, there are about 40 peer-reviewed epidemiologic studies on this topic, and all but a handful contradict the popular wisdom that fat kills. Yeah, when I said at the beginning that Linda believes obesity is not bad for your health, I was not exaggerating. And not only that, but she also says that being, you know, a little bit overweight might actually be good for your health and that people who are a little overweight might live longer than people who are regular size. What most studies show is that people considered overweight and mildly or moderately obese live at least as long as or longer than people deemed normal weight. The data are a little more complicated at the extremes of underweight or obesity. So I won't get into that here, even though the practical application I discuss works at the extremes too. All right, there's a lot to unpack there, but to reiterate, Lindo believes that people who are overweight live longer than people who are of a normal weight and that people who are obese live just as long as people who are considered what is a conventionally healthy weight. Now at face value, that might all sound like a load of BS, but to be fair to Lindo, it is true that A, science is always changing, and that B, scientific truths should be based on data, not necessarily consensus. So even if all the doctors and the scientists and conventional thinking say one thing, if the data doesn't support it, we should listen to the data, not just what everyone says because that's what we've always believed. Now, before we go further, I do want a minute of your time to talk about our sponsor, Quip. So with Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can actually get you great perks, things like free products, gift cards, and more. You get rewarded for brushing your teeth. The Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. Track when and how well you brush, plus get tips and coaching to improve your habits. Earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing things like challenges. I'm talking about streaks. Redeem for rewards such as free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and partners. And if you already have Quip, you can upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. Sensitive sonic vibrations, two-minute timer with 30-second pulses for a guided clean, a slim, lightweight and, lightweight and sleek design with no wires or bulky charger, plus a multi-use travel cover. You also get a brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5 and shipping is free. How amazing is that? So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash Chen right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Chen, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Chen. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding. If you're going to be brushing your teeth anyway, which I hope you are, you might as well get rewarded for it. Let's wait and see how exactly Lindo chooses to back up these very dubious claims. Some of the most comprehensive data on weight and mortality comes from government statisticians at the Centers for Disease Control, using data from the highly respected NHANES study, the largest nationally representative cohort of US adults. Their results, published in JAMA, found that people in the overweight category lived longest, and people who were mildly or moderately obese 
lived as long as those in the normal weight category. So I actually went and looked up the study that Lindo is referencing, and surprise, surprise, there are a lot of problems with the conclusions that she's drawing. The first issue here is that the study only looked at BMI, or body mass index, which, as more and more of us are learning, is a really bad way to measure obesity. As the NHS writes in reference to this study, the review crucially chose BMI as the measure of weight, which has been mistakenly taken by the media to mean an accurate measure of unhealthy fatness. BMI is a pragmatic choice to assess weight, but it does not account for other known disease and death risk factors, such as differing fat levels, fat distribution, muscularity, nutritional balance, and others. BMI is also an imperfect measure of fatness, as it only measures weight and height. Hence, those who are overweight are not all necessarily overweight because they are carrying excess fat. For instance, someone who is very muscular can have a high BMI and therefore be categorized as overweight. So to clarify, in this study, someone who is 6 feet tall and weighs 250 pounds because they are jacked to all heck and are just full of muscle will be categorized the same way as someone who is 6 feet tall and weighs 250 pounds because they eat nothing but Cheetos. Not distinguishing between fat and muscle mass is a huge red flag here, but there's more. As the Center for Science in the Public Interest also notes about the study, the meta-analysis should have excluded current or or former smokers because any group of normal weight or underweight people is likely to include many smokers who tend to be thinner. They can make the people in those groups appear more likely to die. And they also write that once you look at never smokers, it becomes clear that suggesting overweight people live longer is just not true. And the Center for Science continued that smokers are one problem, people who are thinner because they have hidden cancer, emphysema, dementia, or other illnesses can also end up in the normal weight group. Although the new meta-analysis pulls together many studies, it has the same problem of including people who are sick and have weight loss caused by disease, says the American Cancer Society's Michael Thun. That moves high-risk people into the normal weight range, and consequently it makes it look like overweight people live longer. But that is essentially a methodologic artifact. So Lindo using this study to tell people that overweight people can live just as long or even longer than normal weight people is really dishonest, and frankly, as a researcher who's been around for over 20 years in the field, Lindo should know better, and in fact, I'm pretty sure that she probably does. I would love to give Lindo the benefit of the doubt here and say that she's just wrong or mistaken instead of flat out lying, but I'm afraid I can't do that. Remember how she just kind of glossed over what the study's findings were for severely obese people? The data are a little more complicated at the extremes of underweight or obesity, so I won't get into that here, even though the practical application I discuss works at the extremes too. It turns out that when Lindo said the data was a little more complicated, what she actually meant was, goes against my narrative. As the NHS notes, even with all the confounding factors, quote, this systematic review provides high quality evidence that obesity grades two and three are associated with higher death rates from any cause compared to normal weight individuals, around a 30% increased risk. It's one thing for someone to choose to remain obese, even knowing that it's detrimental to their health because, I don't know, maybe they just really like eating. 
I can actually relate to that. But it's another thing entirely for someone claiming to be a scientist and a researcher to tell people, oh no, being obese, that's fine. You, you might actually live a little longer. That's, that's just not accurate. She is tricking people, telling people what they want to hear, even though it's definitely not true. She is a snake oil salesman and the snake oil that she is selling is obesity. Lindo can cherry pick data and twist interpretations all she wants, but the science is clear. As the Center for Science explains, quote, a huge collaboration led by the National Cancer Institute was released in 2010 in the New England Journal of Medicine. The investigators from 19 different studies submitted their original data to the NCI, says Willett, one of 33 co-authors. The NCI collaboration included 1.46 million people who were tracked for roughly 10 years. It showed very clearly that that people who are overweight have higher risks of dying than those in the lean group, notes Willett. Is being overweight gonna kill you instantly? Probably not, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't acknowledge that it isn't good for your health in the same way that smoking and junk food and a lack of exercise also aren't good for your health. Okay, so we don't have evidence that fat is the killer it's made out to be, you may be thinking, but it clearly causes disease. Does it? Well. Let's see. Yes, fat is the killer it's made out to be, and it does cause disease, but continue. If yellow teeth are common among people with lung cancer, do yellow teeth cause cancer? If bald men are prone to heart disease, does losing your hair make your ticker go bad? Of course not. Epidemiology shows us relationships, but not causality. Here, Lindo is pretty much saying that correlation does not equal causation, which of course is true. But the thing about obesity leading to different illnesses is that doctors have studied this a lot and the causation is pretty clear. If you're overweight because you're drinking a trough of sugary soda every day, do you not see how that might be directly related to risk of diabetes? If you're overweight because you just can't kick those KFC double downs, i.e. the sandwiches where the bread is actually replaced with fried chicken, is it really such a head scratcher as to how the chicken grease in your heart might lead to heart disease? Again, Lindo should know this and if I had to bet, I would say that she probably does. It's not as if these doctors are just pulling the link between obesity and all of these illnesses out of thin air. It is at this point though that I wanna help all of you start investing with our sponsor, Fundrise. So we've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio. Ben Shapiro told me that. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that type of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't real estate one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, the answer is that it just hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, that is, thanks to Fundrise. So they make it easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. If you're just getting started in investment and you wanna look at real estate, but you don't know where to start, Fundrise are the people for you. To date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for 130,000 plus investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise 
Sunrise platform has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual returns, and investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. Those numbers are impressive, and you guys can be part of that growth with Fundrise. Their easy-to-use website lets you track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. So start building your better portfolio today. Get started at Fundrise.com Lauren to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's Fundrise.com Lauren for your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E.com Lauren so they know our show sent you. But moving on, if Lindo doesn't think that all of the illnesses that appear to be connected to obesity are actually due to obesity, then what is causing them? Well, according to her, it's all of the stress and the stigma that being overweight in our society carries. <laughs> yeah. There are few legal protections, despite well-established facts that heavier people are less likely to be hired, promoted, or make comparable money to thinner people working in the same positions, and that they received less adequate medical care. Weight bullying has steadily increased over the years and is now the most commonly reported form of bullying. Stigmatization and discrimination are known to cause stress, and stress is a risk factor for many of the diseases we blame on obesity, including cardiovascular disease and diabetes. This scientist, this researcher, PhD, is actually asserting that no, it's, it's not the extra hundred pounds that is causing obese people problems. It's people bullying them. So according to Lindo, in the mind of Lindo, we can't, we cannot assert that obesity causes all of these different illnesses because guys, correlation does not equal causation. We have to remember that. However, it is actually possible that the reason why this 300 pound person has diabetes is not because all of the sugar, no. It's because of the bullying, you know, that's, that's just science. I firmly believe that you shouldn't bully someone because of their weight, and I actually firmly believe that you shouldn't bully someone, period. It's just not a nice thing to do. Don't bully anybody. But let's be real. This is just flat out grifting, just trying to appeal to people who are overweight and who don't want to lose weight by telling them, oh, you don't need to worry about your health. You're fine. Keep eating whatever you want. Don't exercise. It's okay. Of course, there's a market of people out there who want to hear that. Heck, if I believed it, I would love to hear that. But the thing is, it's just not true. And it pains me to see someone who is supposedly a scientist stooping to these levels. That's pretty much all I have to say for now though, and as always, I would love to hear what you all think. Do you think Dr. Lindo is being sincere? Why or why not? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.